Now, today I, I'm continuing this series that I believe will give you the inner strength to thrive in life. Because, you know, it's one thing to develop physical strength, and that's, that's, that's a good thing. But it's a more significant thing to develop inner strength, spiritual strength, mental strength, emotional strength. When you develop inner strength, it will give you a sense of peace and joy in life, no matter what your circumstances. When you develop inner strength, it will give you a, a kind of energy and endurance that will help you weather every storm. When you gain inner strength and develop that in your life, it brings a new dynamic into your relationships. In fact, what your marriage needs most what your family needs most, what your work environment needs most is for you to develop inner strength. And that's what this series is all about. And I've based this series on my studies through the scriptures and my own life experiences about how to gain the inner strength to rise above inner issues in my life that hurt my relationships, that sat my strength, that frustrated me. And, uh, and this series is about dealing with those inner issues that I call core issues. And I've been picturing what I'm talking about in this way. It's like on the surface of our lives, there's these unhealthy emotions and ways of thinking and acting that frustrate us, hurt our relationships, sap our strength that we don't want in our lives. And we come to God because we want God to help us break free from these surface issues. But what we've seen is to break free of those surface issues, you have to actually deal with the core issues, the inner issues that are feeding those surface issues. Now, uh, today I want us to look again at a second core issue that we've been looking at that I call unhealed wounds. Now, unhealed wounds occur when somebody hurts us and we don't get healing from that hurt. And people will hurt us. They will hurt us with words. They will hurt us with actions. And they will hurt us with neglect. And when people hurt us, it creates an inner wound. And you have to do something to get the inner wound healed. And how we respond when people hurt us can either help us get healing or it can actually make the pain and our life situations worse. Now, one of the best books I've ever read on the subject of unhealed wounds is a book called The Art of Forgiving by Dr. Lewis Smeads, who was a professor of psychology at Fuller Seminary. And in that book, Dr. Smeads say, says there's really only four ways that you can respond when somebody hurts you. The first way is to retaliate. That's where you seek to hurt the person who hurt you. The second way is to resent. That's where uh, we remain bitter toward the person who hurt us. The third way is to repress. That's where we act like the hurt didn't hurt us, even though it did. And then the fourth way we can respond is to forgive. That's when we acknowledge the hurt and we give up our desire to hurt the person who hurt us. So how do you tend to respond when people hurt you? You know, one of the things I've been sharing with you guys is my struggles with anger. And last week I mentioned that I discovered that the core issue feeding my anger was a, a, a lifetime of unhealed wounds. 
And what, what was frustrating about discovering that is if you had asked me, am, am I a forgiving person? You know, I would have said, well, duh, I'm a pastor. I'm sort of in the forgiveness business. Sure, I'm a forgiving person. But what I discovered is I never actually forgave people when they hurt me. I, my negative tendency was to repress the, the hurt. And so I would just shake it off. If somebody hurt me with words or actions, I would shake it off and just act like it didn't hurt me, even though it did. And folks, when we respond to people who hurt us, with, if we retaliate or if we resent or if we repress, our unhealed wounds never get healed. And what's worse is when you hold on to unforgiveness in your soul, it does something dark within you. And it makes you susceptible to the surface issues like bitterness and negativity. You know, in me, anger. In some people, depression. And for some of you, addictions, addictive behaviors that you don't want in your life. But forgiveness, forgiveness heals. Forgiveness releases you from the hurt and the person who hurt you. Forgiveness heals unhealed wounds. But let's be honest. Forgiving people who hurt us is not easy. In fact, in some ways, it doesn't even seem logical, right? And that's why it does take inner strength. And so today, what I want us to look at is what Jesus taught about forgiveness, how to forgive those who hurt us, and why we ought to forgive those who hurt us. And I do want to let you know, today, I'm going to ask you to forgive someone. So when Jesus began the movement, he called the church. At the very core of this movement is, is the practice of forgiving people who hurt you. And so when Jesus taught his followers a model prayer that he had intended that they would pray over and over and over again. And many, many of us who are followers of Jesus have memorized this prayer. Right in the core of that prayer is a part of the prayer that addresses forgiveness. Now, some of you know this prayer as the Lord's Prayer. Some of you know it as the Our Father. And right in the middle of the prayer in Matthew 6, 12 is this part of the prayer. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, this one part of the prayer, this one sentence packs so much because in it, it's very clear that Jesus assumes that people who follow him are going to sin and need forgiveness. And what, what's, what's encouraging about that is that means that Jesus didn't call perfect people who never made mistakes to follow him. Jesus called imperfect people, messy people who were going to make mistakes and who were going to hurt others to follow him. And yet he calls us to uh, ask for forgiveness when we wrong others. And, and here's what I think is significant about that. When I get honest, when we get honest, when we get brutally honest about the grace we need in our own lives, it helps us gain the inner strength to show grace toward others and forgive them. And that's a part of what Jesus is teaching here. You know, when I think about the ways I have hurt other people with my words, my angry words, with my actions, and at times with my neglect, when I realize how much grace I have needed from God, it gives me the inner strength to show grace toward others and to forgive them. 
And that, that first part of the prayer, forgive us our debts, it also means, and I want us to see this, that it's important to feel forgiven by God. Because many of us struggle to really believe that God has forgiven all of our sins. And so we struggle to forgive ourselves the way God has forgiven us. And so we struggle to feel forgiven. And I think it's so important to feel forgiven, to, to really believe that you are forgiven because I've noticed if you don't feel forgiven, you may not feel like forgiving. I'm gonna say that again. If you don't feel forgiven, you may not feel like forgiving. But if in the core of your being, you can get to the place where you really believe that God is by nature a forgiving God who wants to forgive us, who loves to forgive us. If you can get to that place, it gives you the inner strength to forgive others. And that brings us to the second part of, of the prayer. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive others of their debts. And so uh, a part of this prayer acknowledges that we're gonna sin, we're, in, we're gonna need to ask for forgiveness, but also other people are going to sin against us, and we will need to forgive them. We're going to need to ask for forgiveness and offer forgiveness. And <clears throat> this means that there will be times when people will hurt us in life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you, you don't get like protected from that. Now, this part of the prayer doesn't mean that what the person did to hurt you is okay. In fact, it means the opposite. To truly forgive, you have to acknowledge how wrong the wrong was and how much it hurt you. This part of the prayer also doesn't mean that you have to let someone continue to hurt you, whether it's with abusive words or, or physical abuse. In fact, if, if that's your situation, I encourage you to either establish boundaries to protect yourself or get out of the situation. Forgive the person, but get out of an abusive, hurtful situation. And then there's a, a third aspect of this part of the prayer. And that is that Jesus uses a metaphor to picture forgiveness. And that is forgiving our debts. He uses like a monetary kind of picture of, of sins. Because what actually happens when someone hurts us is we incur a sin debt that they owe us. And that's what we feel. We feel like they owe us something. And forgiveness means forgiving the sin debt, forgiving what they owe you. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, Pastor Brent, I think you're right. When someone hurts me, it does feel like a debt. It feels like they ought to pay me back something. Why would I forgive that debt? Well, that's what Jesus addresses in the next part of the prayer. Because at the very end of his prayer, this is what he says. He, he gives the why we ought to forgive. This is Matthew 6:14. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, Jesus, wait a minute. What, what do you mean? So let's make sure we understand what Jesus means, what he doesn't mean. He doesn't mean here that if you refuse to forgive someone that you lose your salvation. Your salvation is based on your faith in Jesus as the Son of God alone. And Jesus makes that clear throughout his whole, whole uh, earthly teaching, that you are made right with God, your sins are forgiven, you have eternal life, you become a child of God when you believe in Jesus, period. And that's good news. Well, then what does he mean here? 
What he tells us here, and this is so significant, is when you refuse to forgive someone else, God refuses to forgive your sins from that point forward. And and you still have eternal life. You're still a child of God, but he refuses to forgive your sins, which means you remain under the burden of guilt. Now, guilt is the mental and emotional burden we feel when we sin, when we do something wrong. And it can weigh upon you mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And when, when you refuse to forgive someone, what, what Jesus is telling us is, is how the spiritual realm works. Then at that point, the Father refuses to cleanse you from your guilt and you feel that weight of it. And so what Jesus is teaching here, it's so significant because you can either hold on to grace, which is what he wants us to do, or you can hold on to a grudge, but you can't hold on to both. And if you hold on to a grudge, it it will feel like a weight that you're carrying around mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Well, you, you might be thinking, okay, okay, pastor. So Jesus wants us to forgive others their sins. Got it. But what if someone has sinned against me a lot? What if someone has sinned against me in a big way? What about that? Well, Jesus addresses that in another one of his teachings. And and I want to set up what, what he's doing in this teaching because this is where he takes us to the inner core, the the deepest inner core issue that we have to address to get healing in the surface issues of our lives. Because beneath the anger, the depression, the negativity, uh, the bitterness, you know, the addictions, all of those surface issues, and even beneath the inner issues like unhealed wounds. There's a deeper core issue that Jesus wants us to deal with to get our healing. And that is a distorted view of God. We have to get clear in our hearts and in our minds who God is and what God is like. And so in this teaching that we're going to look at, Jesus is going to pick like like some people in our lives that are the hardest ones to forgive And he's challenging us. It's like he's casting vision to us, City Church, to become people like God our Father. And and, and, and it's built around one specific statement. This is recorded in Luke 6, 36, where Jesus says this. He's speaking to all of us who are followers of Jesus. He says, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Okay, will you say that with me? Let's say it together. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And what's interesting here is Jesus doesn't just call us to forgive a person who has hurt us. He calls us to become a merciful people. He calls us to become a kind of people who are by nature merciful. And he focuses on who God really is. God by nature is merciful. And if we can get to the place where we become like God by being merciful, that is what gives us the inner strength to rise above our unhealed wounds and to forgive those who have wronged us. And he, he, with, with that vision that we would be merciful, like God, the father is merciful. He then begins to detail some specific ways we can show mercy to people who have hurt us, especially people 
who have hurt us in big ways. This is Luke 6, 27, where Jesus says, in the same teaching, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other cheek as well. Give to everyone who asks of you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Now, before, before we, you know, address and try to um, analyze what Jesus is saying here, I want to say a word to those of you who are new to church and maybe you're still not sure what you think about God yet, and you really aren't sure what you think about Jesus, especially when he says words like these, um, let me just acknowledge that some of the teachings of Jesus, they're so radical. And like these teachings, they're so counterintuitive and countercultural that it, it may just really mess with you. And let me just acknowledge, I, I've been a follower of Jesus for nearly 40 years. And when I come across teachings like this, it still messes with me too. So it's okay. And so here Jesus is teaching us that the key to being merciful to someone who's hurt you so bad, you could call that person your enemy, is to love. It's to love your enemy. And then he gives us specific ways to love your enemy. He says, look, if, if someone has done something bad to you, love says, do something good to them in return. If somebody, your enemy, has spoken words, hateful words, shameful words that have cursed you, love says, speak blessed words back to them, words that lift them up. If your enemy has done something to mistreat you, some kind of action that hurt you, love says, to pray for that person. Pray for that person? I mean, let me tell you, what I've noticed is when you can get to the place where you can actually pray for the person who has hurt you, your enemy, not pray against them, when you get to where you can pray for them, where you really want what's best in their life, that's when you're at the place of mercy, like God is merciful. And that is what gives you the inner strength to rise above the pain of your unhealed wound and forgive the person who has hurt you in a significant way. Well, you might say, hey, Brent, what's that slap on the cheek thing? I, I don't want people hitting me. What's Jesus talking about? Jesus, in Jesus' day, he's not talking about someone who's hitting you or trying to hurt you in that way. He's not saying you can't defend yourself. You can defend yourself. In Jesus' day, one of the ways that people publicly offended others was to do like a back slap across the cheek. You know, we have a hand gesture that, that's like our way of publicly offending people. In their day, it was a slap across the cheek. And what Jesus is saying, look, if somebody offends you publicly in that way, don't retaliate. Let it go. Love says, let it go and move on. Well, what about that give and don't demand back part? What does that mean? I don't even understand what he's talking about. Well, in Jesus' day, uh, if you were at a place in your life where you needed a loan of money, they didn't really have like banks uh, that you could go to and get loans. And so what happened was wealthier people, people who had means, would loan money to those who were in need. 
And the issue Jesus is addressing is when you loan money to someone and they either can't pay you back or they don't pay you back and it leads to uh, ugliness, division, contention in the relationship. And, and this one I'm really concerned about because I've seen this through the years as a pastor. When people loan money to a family member or to a friend or maybe a coworker, and if that person gets to a point where they either can't pay the money back or won't pay it back, I've seen that lead to ugliness and conflict in that relationship. I've seen family members even cut off family members and act like they don't even exist anymore, all for the sake of money. And you know what that does? That just leaves you with unhealed wounds from that point forward. Here's what Jesus is saying. If someone owes you money and they can't or won't pay you back, just let it go. Don't demand it back. That's what love would do. And I'm calling you to the way of love. Well, why would I do that? Why would I do that? Well, Jesus gives us one more reason why we would become merciful people. The kind of merciful people who would even love their enemy. This is verse 36. Jesus says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. That's the core verse. And then he says, do not judge and you won't be judged. Do not condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured back into your lap. And here's what Jesus is saying here. When you choose to become more like God in your life, and to become merciful, and to love people, especially those who are hard to love, that is what causes you to thrive in life. And Jesus promises here that what happens is when we become merciful like God is merciful, God blesses us back in a powerful way. And Jesus uses a metaphor to picture what God's blessing is like. And, you know, like, so... Uh, let me explain what he's talking about. Like when, when we buy beans or if you buy seeds or grain of some kind, we go to the grocery store and they come in plastic bags. That's not how people got beans or lentils or grain or seeds in their day. They would bring a jar to the person who had the, the grain or the seeds or the beans, and then they would fill up the jar. And the key, what Jesus is talking about here, is to get, get a good measure. And they all knew. They all knew what Jesus was talking about. How do you get a good measure? And so I've got some beans here, and I'm going to show you what Jesus is talking about. So he said, first you start with what, what you got, whatever it is, these are beans, and you begin to shake them. And, it, and you press it down, and it makes more room. And then you add some more beans. We're going to get a good measure. And you shake them. And you press them down. All right. We're going to get some more in here. And then you get, what you really want is you want to get it where it runs over. You know where it's over the top. So I'm going to pour a few more in there. All right, that's a good measure. And here's what Jesus is saying to us. This is, this is what our Father is like. He's saying, if you want more mercy in your life, show mercy like God is merciful. If you want more blessing in your life, bless others who have cursed you like God blesses you. He's saying, if you want your finances to run over and be poured into your lap, be generous like God is generous. Give and it will be given to you. Do you want more love in your life? 
love the way God loves. Do you want more forgiveness in your life? Forgive the way God forgives. And all of those things will be poured back into your lap. Forgiveness heals unhealed wounds. And earlier I told you I was going to ask you to forgive someone today. And now's the time. And so this may be a person who has hurt you recently. It may be a person who hurt you a long time ago and you've never gotten over it. It may be a person who's hurt you in a little way, but the hurt's still there. Or it may be a person who has hurt you in a big way. I want you to forgive that person today. So I want you to close your eyes. And remember, our goal today is to be merciful like our Father is merciful. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. I'll lead you through it phrase by phrase so you can get through it. And I know for some of you, this is going to be very emotional. But that's what's so profound about this and so powerful about this prayer. Are you ready? Please pray with me. God, I believe you love me. I believe you forgive me of my sins. And you ask me to forgive others the way you forgive me. So today I choose to forgive. Name the person's name. Just whisper it. I forgive this person you love for sinning against me in this way. Name the wrong. How did, how did this person hurt you? Name it. I release my desire to hurt the person who hurt me. I ask you to heal me from my unhealed wounds. I ask you to release me from my inner pain. And I ask you to bless the person who hurt me. And Lord, I ask you to do what you promised. You said if we would be merciful like the Father is merciful, that if we would forgive the way the Father forgives, you said that you would heal our unhealed wounds, that you would release us from the burden of guilt that we may have. You would, you would heal us from our inner pain. You would forgive us of all of our sins. And you would allow us to experience your joy and your peace. I pray right now that people who have forgiven would experience release from their inner pain, healing from their inner wounds. And instead, I pray that they would feel a sense of peace. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.